Have radiologists uncovered a new epidemic with ultrasound? You are listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Advances in Medical Imaging. I'm Dr. Jason Bernholtz, your host, and with me today is Dr. Theodore Dubinsky, who is Associate Professor of Radiology, Obstetrics, Gynecology, and Reproductive Health Sciences, and Director of Body Imaging at the University of Washington in Seattle. Today, we are discussing thyroid nodules and a new ultrasonic technique for identifying thyroid cancer. Hi, Ted. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Well, I wonder if we can just get into this topic kind of indirectly by having a little background on thyroid nodules and thyroid cancer. Well, I think, as you know, as we've been doing more imaging, ultrasound imaging and CT scanning of people, we've been finding more and more thyroid nodules. And the prevalence has been reported to be about 3 to 8% in the general population. But that increases significantly as people age, and it's actually greater than 50% in people over 65 years of age. We're finding more and more nodules in people all the time. In reality, because we're finding so many more benign nodules, the risk of cancer of any given nodule is actually decreasing as we're doing more imaging. Somewhere between 5 and 15% of all nodules have been reported as being malignant, but more recently that number seems to be declining just because we're finding more benign nodules. Well, finding nodules, you're talking about using imaging methods. Is palpation still worthwhile? Well, palpation works if the nodule is greater than 4 centimeters in diameter, but the vast majority of nodules we're talking about are a centimeter to 2 centimeters in diameter, and palpation is completely insensitive for these. So imaging is really where these are being detected. I mean, should our colleagues be referring more patients for ultrasound, or should radiologists just be doing more thyroid ultrasound when patients come into them? I think if there's concern about a thyroid problem, ultrasound is the study of choice. These cancers are generally fairly slow-growing. Many of the nodules that we find are incidentally detected, and ultrasound is probably the best study to evaluate them and determine what their risk is or for being potential malignancies. However, because they're all slow-growing, there really is time to follow these for a few years even to determine if they're enlarging before anything would have to be done. Okay, you say that most are slow-growing, but not all. No, and that's why any given nodule that we find, it's probably prudent to follow it, whether we think it's benign or malignant. And as you know, Jason, none of the criteria for predicting malignancy are 100% perfect. No, you know, it seems to me that the situation with thyroid cancer is very much like that of prostate cancer before PSA came along, and that is you have a very frequently occurring problem that often tends to be ignored or to have been ignored in the past because many of them are slow-growing, but not all. The bad ones are very bad. I think that's a good analogy, actually. And right now, there's no good serologic screening test for detecting thyroid cancer or determining which of the nodules are going to be highly aggressive types of cancers and which are going to be the slow-growing, less aggressive types. Okay. Well, let's turn this around. If you wanted to find as many cases of thyroid cancer as early as possible in the population, what would you do? Oh, I think ultrasound is clearly the best screening test for looking for thyroid nodules. We can detect nodules as small as two or three millimeters, and we can tell whether they're cystic or solid. And then, of course, you're going to evaluate them for microcalcifications and irregular borders and hypoecogenicity 
and other factors that would either increase or decrease the risk that that nodule is malignant. Okay, so you're doing basically what radiologists do in every other part of the body, is you're identifying something and then applying a series of criteria to try to classify what that problem is and to rate how bad it is in many ways. Does this require any special kind of ultrasound equipment? It does. You need high-resolution linear transducers, and you need state-of-the-art ultrasound machines because the different, particularly to detect the microcalcifications, they're very small. The difference in echogenicity between them and the surrounding tissue is therefore not that great. And clearly, since this is the highest risk finding for predicting malignancy, the better the equipment, the better the ability of the radiologist doing the exam to make this distinction. However, this is generally available all across the country, isn't it? It's not just one or two places that will do this. Oh, no. This could be done in most radiologist offices around the country. When a patient comes in and you've gone through all of your work and you say, well, this is very likely to be a thyroid cancer, what happens next or what was the standard before your current work? Well, I think the standard has always been to do a fine needle aspiration using ultrasound guidance. We can put a needle into the thyroid gland and sample some of the cells to determine whether they're malignant or not. But there's problems with doing fine needle aspirations, particularly that at least 20% of the time, the yield is uh, inadequate for an interpretation. And the other problem is that frequently these are follicular-type nodules, and it's very difficult for the pathologist to distinguish follicular carcinoma from follicular adenoma. And frequently in that situation, we end up following them to determine if they're growing or not anyway. So FNA is an imperfect means for determining whether something is malignant or not. I'm Dr. Jason Bernholtz, and I'm speaking with Dr. Ted Dubinsky of the University of Washington in Seattle. And we are discussing thyroid nodules, thyroid cancer, and ultrasound diagnostics, specifically a new variety of ultrasound elastography. Well, Ted, we were just saying about failure rates of biopsies, and I presume that there's also a complication rate as well, although it's low. It is low. Hemorrhage is the most common complication that we encounter. Infection is certainly possible, and I suppose it would be possible to perforate a large vessel, a carotid or jugular, if one weren't careful. The good news is that using ultrasound guidance, the complication rate really is quite low, but it's not zero, as you mentioned, and clearly there's some risk involved in doing these. Well, I wonder if we can move on to elastography. Can you give our listeners kind of an overview of what elastography attempts to achieve? Elastography is a technique for measuring the hardness of a nodule, a substance or a nodule that is harder than another nodule can actually be imaged. And what's been done historically, particularly in breast imaging, is that a transducer, an ultrasound transducer, is put over the lesion in question, and then just a certain amount of pressure is applied to that nodule. And that nodule will deform as you push on it. It will get uh, less tall and it will get wider. And it's quite possible to measure the difference in size that occurs with these nodules, and that's called strain. And we can actually see these nodules deform. Now, the limitation of elastography has been that by doing external manual compression, there's no way really to quantify how much pressure someone is putting on the nodule. So if you were to push on this nodule and I were to push on this nodule, we'd be pushing with varying degrees of force, which is not very accurate. And so what we've done 
for thyroids is rather than using external compression, which is quite inaccurate, we've actually used the carotid artery as the compression source. And everybody has a carotid artery that's adjacent to their thyroid gland. And believe it or not, we can actually measure the strain that's put on these nodules from the carotid artery. Most people have a fairly consistent blood pressure in their carotid arteries, and the deformity that occurs in the nodules is in the range of micrometers. So using very high-resolution ultrasound images, we can measure the nodule during diastole and then during systole, and then by comparing these two, we can determine how hard the nodule is. And what we do is we get a measurement of the deformity of that nodule, and then we just compare it to the soft tissues adjacent to the carotid artery, which are assumed to be normal. And this normalizes the strain that these nodules undergo for every patient. And therefore, we can tell, okay, which nodules are really harder than the adjacent soft tissues and which nodules are softer and deform more readily in the soft tissues. And the data from our paper, we've had two papers on this, really does seem to indicate that this technique works and that we can really tell the papillary carcinomas from the remaining nodules because they're significantly harder. So the rationale for this work is doing sort of an exquisite and sensitive mapping of the firmness or softness of a field of view. And so I guess the rationale is kind of like doing an ultimate physical exam. Is something hard or soft? Is it rock hard or very soft or squishy? That's exactly right. And I think for years, this type of analysis has been done by physical exam with palpable nodules. Is the palpable nodule hard? Is it soft? Is it mobile? And even during biopsies, there's been papers written where people try to make this distinction by how hard it is to biopsy the lesion when you put a needle in it. I think all of us know if the lesion is hard, the risk that it'll be malignant is much higher than if there's a soft lesion we're trying to biopsy. Well, I think your wrinkle of using the carotid artery as your way of vibrating or stressing a target is really unique and clever. It's sort of built in. Everybody has one if they're sent for an exam. Now, what about differentiating other kinds of cancers? Like, for example, do you ever get a clue that something like the anaplastic cancer, which is the one you really want to find early, are even harder, or is it too early to say? I think it's too early to say. We've had so few of those in our data that I don't think we can draw any conclusions from it. Looking at our own data, there's quite a bit of overlap with some of these nodules. And for example, a herdle cell carcinoma, we really can't differentiate from the other cancers. The follicular cancer really seems to fall into a normal range. So, so far of our data, the papillary carcinomas are the only one that are significantly different. And I don't know that we've had any anaplastic cancers come through yet. Now, are these techniques commercially available, or is this something in the research stage that's going to take years before it's available? Well, there was, as you know, some reluctance on the part of the manufacturers to go into elastography because they didn't see the clinical application. But since our manuscripts have been published, at least one manufacturer is actually going to put elastography on their machines. And, you know, in our manuscripts, we basically state that currently Hitachi has it on their system, and they're the machine that we've been doing our analysis on. So we use other machines to acquire the data, and then we actually offload the data to an Hitachi to make our measurements currently. But it is our hope that this is going to become available very quickly. I think this has real utility. Well, I guess, as always, the 
referring clinician needs to talk with his local radiologist and find out what's available and what's best for the individual patient. Right. I think right now it's not widely available. And more than just predicting which nodules are malignant or not malignant, it really does appear that we can tell what part of the nodule is malignant and that the entire nodule turns out not to really have carcinoma within it. And I think that's extremely exciting and important because that can guide where to do your biopsy and improve the yield of uh, FNAs. And I think it's a significant discovery to realize that when we see a nodule, it isn't as though the entire nodule is filled with malignant cells. It may only be a small part of it. And therefore, even watching it or using other criteria to determine if it's malignant or not are probably not going to work as well. We tend to think of uh, cancer as being a discrete nodule and filling it as opposed to being a small area that goes bad and then spreads. I think that points out the limitations of the skinny needle biopsy, for example. Exactly. I think that's probably why uh, there's so many failures from FNA, really. Well, that's great. Uh, just in closing, I'd like to have a, a small summary. Thyroid cancers are very, very prevalent. It involves millions and millions of people in our population. What do you think, Ted? How should we deal with this new epidemic? I think the problem is going to be ultimately distinguishing those cancers which are going to be troublesome and highly aggressive and metastatic from those that are really slow-growing and more benign. And then, of course, the, the bigger challenge is to distinguish the cancers uh, from the background of benign nodules at all. I think there are not enough resources available to biopsy every single nodule that is discovered and therefore, it is incumbent on the radiologist to try to make some educated prediction as to whether a lesion is going to be malignant or not. And I think the elastography is a significant help and a significant start in that direction. I think in the future, predicting what malignancies are really going to be aggressive will become important, and whether ultrasound and elastography will play a role in that uh, is yet to be seen it's possible that some other molecular or functional type imaging may be necessary to do so, but it's clearly the ones that, like the anaplastic carcinomas, that are highly aggressive and malignant that we want to find early and prevent from spreading if we can. The rest of them that are more benign in appearance, I think there's time to follow them, determine whether they're malignant or not, and then remove them uh, as necessary. But the five-year survival for the slower-growing cancers is very, very high. It's over 90%. So there's not the urgency uh, to treat these less aggressive lesions like there would be for a more aggressive one. Seems to me that's very, very important. My thanks to Dr. Ted Dubinsky, who has been our guest, and we have been discussing thyroid cancer, thyroid ultrasound, and ultrasonic elastography. I'm Dr. Jason Bernholtz, and you've been listening to Advances in Medical Imaging on ReachMD the channel for medical professionals.